Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Where We Going Today podcast. As usual, let's take just a couple of minutes to focus on our breathing. We can choose to breathe naturally, to allow the breath to come in and out of the body without forcing it. Our job as meditators is to simply allow the body to breathe and know it as it does. We can find a relaxed awareness or contentment in simply watching the breath and training the mind to let go of thoughts and anticipations. Encouraging the mind to find a place of okayness and just sitting still with the breath and perceiving the movement of the abdomen as it rises on the in breath and falls on the out breath. before I moved out west from the town where I grew up in southwest Florida. I started to vacation out west. I fell in love with the desert, the mountains, the cactus, the Joshua trees. And in time, I made my way out to Utah. I can still remember my very first time when I entered the town of Springdale, which is right on the doorstep of Utah's most fabulous national park, Zion National Park. And it was perhaps 1997 and somewhere I think I still have a picture of me posing with arms stretched out pointing up at the sky marveling at the 3,000 foot tall orange and red and yellow sandstone cliffs above I thought then as I think now that Zion Canyon is reminiscent of a desert version of the Yosemite Valley. 3,000 foot vertical cliffs, gorgeous with a charming and delightful river flowing through it. But it was perhaps six years later before I finally really got to know Zion. I remember it was early, I think, in 2003, perhaps a year after I moved to Las Vegas. 
that I went to Zion with the intention to climb Angel's Landing. It's a classic tourist hike in the park, but that doesn't mean it's not exceptional. It is an American classic hike. Hiking along a narrow fin of sandstone with huge drop-offs on either side. It's exciting. The views are jaw-dropping and it's potentially dangerous. The hike was so rewarding that I remember I went straight to the visitor center afterward and bought a topographic map. And that's a map that shows the elevation changes, the texture of the landscape. And I wanted to seek out other mountains I could climb, but I wanted something more isolated more obscure. Already I think that was my leaning to shy away from the tourist haunts and get away from the crowds and explore. On many levels I am a pioneer at heart and I felt it even then in Zion. It wasn't long thereafter that I scrambled my way up a little mountain on the east side of the park called Progeny Peak very close to the road. It's fairly casual, yet it still had something of a backcountry feel. The views from the top were excellent, quite a lot different from the Zion Canyon views of Angel's Landing. The east side of the park is a wonderland of frozen sand dunes and washes. It beckons the explorer to dig deeply, and that's just what I did. It wasn't long before I connected online with a group of folks who also loved Utah, and in particular Zion National Park. And I started haunting the message boards, looking for information, ways to find other peaks to climb in Zion. And Thus, I embarked upon what turned out to be a Zion obsession. And I think within just a few years, I had perhaps climbed more peaks and reached more summits in Zion National Park than anyone ever before. And I'd seemingly caught the attention of the old-time Zion gurus who were less focused on mountains and more on exploring the canyons the deep slots. I too spent much time exploring those slots, but one particular old-time Zion guru in particular got what my interest was, and he started to feed me information, me being quite a lot younger than him. Perhaps he saw in me an opportunity to uncover hidden secrets, places he never got around to, when he was perhaps more able-bodied and younger. And so I would find my way to mountains across the park. Peak after peak after peak. And as I found the way to each successive summit, that opened my eyes to other potential routes. I should take some time to explain 
that Zion National Park was never much explored beyond the tourist corridors and slightly beyond in the backcountry. On one of my very first visits to Zion, I'd come across some park literature that said that 95% of the park was inaccessible to human beings because of the deep, deep canyons and the steep, steep cliffs. That just wasn't a place that people could readily get to. And my secret to success in climbing all those mountains was simply having climbed all those mountains by reaching the top of one obscure summit, perhaps a summit no one else had ever climbed, I had an opportunity, a perspective on other parts of the park that other people had maybe never seen before. And as such, I could spy weaknesses in cliffs, hidden gullies and canyons, ways to the tops of the mountains. And then as I explored those potentialities, reach the summit of the next mountain that opened up more doors and more potential routes. So by 2009 I had enough mountains under my belt. It occurred to me that no one had ever published a book, a guidebook of routes to the various mountains of Zion National Park before I don't remember how many mountains I'd climbed at this point, but perhaps 80 or 90 summits in the park, probably a few dozen more than any other person. And it seemed I was the likely person to generate, create such a guidebook. I'm not exactly sure what my motivation was, but I suspect that it was at least partially my ego seeking some notoriety for these adventures that were fun and wonderful, but also based on the need to feel important and successful. In any case, I put together a guidebook, self-published it, and it was something of a hit on a limited niche sort of scale. But something curious happened when I had worked my way, explored, and pioneered my way to the majority of the summits in the book, these were untrodden routes. I was pushing through brush, covering miles and miles of trailless terrain. There are no cairns, that is, stacks of rocks meant as navigation tools, navigation aids. There weren't things like that. But within a couple of years of my guidebook coming out, I started to discover beginnings of trails in trash, old bottles or power bar wrappers in the backcountry along the very same corridors that were unknown until I had told people about them. I reacted negatively. I felt it was my fault that an otherwise pristine backcountry was becoming tainted, was becoming damaged and exploited. This precious backcountry that in some bizarre way I felt was mine and mine alone, despite me having given away its secrets, 
It felt like a personal attack. And so I reacted strongly, as I often do, and I took my guidebook off the market. It disappeared. When the handful of retailers that were selling it ran out of copies, I no longer fulfilled orders, and it was no longer available for online purchase. Zion National Park Summit Routes was gone. But it wasn't long before I started getting emails from people asking about the book. Do you have any copies left? Can I buy one? People offering to pay good money for any lingering copies, perhaps my personal copy. And it seems people really saw value. I can't overestimate the trickiness of the Zion backcountry landscape significant navigation challenges a guidebook is necessary for all but those who have the time and the inclination the energy and the courage to explore their own way up these challenging dangerous and often unreasonable mountains and eventually I got an email from a particular person who all but begged me to put the guidebook back on the market, saying, you've given me and my partner such a gift. You've opened our eyes to this wonderful place. You've handed us the keys to the kingdom, in a sense. Don't selfishly think that you've somehow contributed to the destruction of the Zion wilderness that's incidental and minimal. Perhaps you can think instead of the great gift you've offered, an opportunity for adventure and exploration and solitude, an opportunity for people to exercise and test their limits. And so I was inspired not simply to put the back book back on the market, but to perhaps offer an expanded edition. Because in the few years that I'd pulled the book off the market, I had continued to explore. It doesn't mean that I stopped. And so I continued to explore feverishly and slowly began to put together a greatly expanded second edition of Zion National Park Summit Routes in addition that when it finally came out in 2015 would cover something like 180 plus summits in the park in other words about twice as many as the first edition i also included routes to perhaps two dozen technical slot canyons in the park and so the book came out in 2015 as i said and people embraced it. This whole thing presented a quandary to me on the first go-round. I loved the park, but I felt a deep sense of guilt at having done something that I felt contributed to a destruction of what has been pristine. 
an irreversible turn of events that seemed somehow like my fault. But it was the words of these folks who had become my dear friends in time that encouraged me to see it through a different lens. The pioneering spirit is strong in some of us. And so I hope and believe that my book has encouraged people to get out, explore, live, dream, wonder. And life has a way of taking unexpected twists and turns. So, as I said, the second edition came out in about 2015. But in 2016, I decided to close the door on my mountaineering efforts. It was time for a change. And I've seen over the course of my life that I tend to live in decade-long chapters. That is, about every 10 years or so, I tend to shift gears dramatically. I lasted 29 years in Florida with 10 years in a particular career, and I gave it all up. And I moved out west without a real job, simply to be a dirtbag mountain climber. And I did that for about 15 years. But then I needed to shift gears, and so I gave that up too. But even after that second edition came out, I still had that window of a year and a half or so of exploring and digging. And so although it's been some time since I found my way last to the top of an unclimbed mountain in Zion, by the time it was all said and done, I had re reached perhaps six or eight more summits in Zion that were not in the second edition of the book. Something like 188 different mountains I've climbed in Zion National Park. And so I gave that life up, but I still go back every couple of years for a week or so, not to explore new terrain, but to revisit some of my old friends in the mountains. North Guardian Angel tends to be one of my very favorites, a mountain I've climbed maybe 12 or 15 times. It's a special place, Zion's. One of my greatest lessons I learned in 2016, that year in which I turned the page on yet another chapter and stepped into the next chapter, was the role of the ego, how it influenced me in that 15-year chapter of my life, and Courtney, the adventure. I still have many stories to tell. I still cherish those experiences, but I'm no longer enchanted by the mountains, by the wilderness. I saw an unhealthy me in that place. A healthier me, I believe, is a me that is not so me.
awareness that finds contentment in this moment without goals, without aspirations, letting go of opinions and beliefs and attitudes and perspectives. Letting this life unfold moment 